This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Well, man, it's great to be with you guys. My name is Jamie Kemp. My wife and I and our two kids are your missionaries to the country of Indonesia. And I just want to say thanks uh, for, uh, for the opportunity to be here today, man. It's a great joy for me to be here. And, and thanks for being a church that believes in missions. I mean, this is great that your church, this is the kind of church that you're a part of, that, um, that you, this church wants to reach our neighbors as well as the nations. I mean, how great is that? that that, that you say, man, we want to reach out to our family members, our friends who don't know Jesus. But there's also a dynamic in this place that says, you know what? We also, we also want to reach the nations. You know, that, that, that the kingdom of God is international. That there are still areas of the, our world where there are no believers. There are no churches. And, and this church plays a key role in making that happen. So, uh, so that's the kind of church that you're a part of. And so I'm so grateful to be here with you you guys today to be a part of it. And so thanks, Pastor, for the opportunity uh, to be here today. It's my privilege to be here. Well, my family and I, we grew up in Naperville, so we're not too far away from here. But we've spent the last eight years uh, living in the country of Indonesia. And so it's been interesting. We came back to the States a few months ago um, to kind of reconnect with some new churches. And uh, and uh, it's been interesting because both of our kids, they have, uh, they've only lived in Indonesia. Um, they, they don't know America. And so, uh, so it's been interesting to, to see how they've been raised cross-culturally. Like uh, when we came back to the States, I, I remember my little five-year-old, we were in a hurry. And so we stopped at McDonald's and, you know, I bend down. I'm like, Benaya, you know, Ben, what, what, what kind of Happy Meal would you like? Would you like a, a cheeseburger? Would you want a hamburger? What would you like? And he's like, he's like, Dad, I want some, I want some chicken and some rice. I'm like, rice? You know, I'm, I'm like, you're an American. You're going to eat French fries. You know, I'm like, pounding French fries down at like, we eat French fries here, you know, so, so just totally bizarre raising kids cross-culturally like that, and so they don't even want French fries, I'm failing as a dad, so, so it's just been great to, to be back in the States these last couple of months and allowing our kids to kind of experience a little bit of a American culture before we move back to Indonesia. Turn to the person next to you and say, Indonesia! Now, most people don't even know where this country is, all right? So let me give us a quick geography lesson on Indonesia, all right? If we've got India right here and Australia right here, okay, India, Australia, the 17,000 islands, seven, how many thousand islands? 17,000 islands in between India and Australia, that's the country of Indonesia, all right? Now turn to the person next to you and say, Indonesia, Indonesia, because now you know where it is. When you walked in today, you were like, where is this place? Indo what? Okay, Indonesia, okay? So that's the country my wife and I are missionaries to. Now, what's interesting about Indonesia is it's the fourth largest country in the world. I mean, most of us know about the top three countries in the world. Most of us know China's the biggest country in the world, followed by India. And number three is America. That's right. Uh, United States is number three in population, but number four in population with over 250 million people living there is this island nation of Indonesia. I mean, that's just remarkable, right? Like we've got all these islands and all these, and all these people, and most of us didn't even know where it was. Um, uh, but here's the thing that's really, that's really captured our heart for Indonesia. And it's this, that Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. 
with over 220 million Muslims living in Indonesia alone. I mean, that's more than Iraq, Iran, Syria, Jordan, all those Middle Eastern countries combined. So we've got our work cut out for us as your Christian missionaries to the country of Indonesia. But we're really believing that Indonesia will be the first Muslim-majority country to come to Christ. That we're believing. Yeah, amen. That, that's what, so, so that's what we're giving our life to, what we're giving our, our attention to, our fight. We're giving our lives to see this, this, this Muslim nation turn to Christ. And one of the ways it's going to happen, we really believe this, is by reaching the next generation. And so that's what my wife and I do. We focus on, on young people, that we believe that we might just be one generation away from seeing this Muslim nation turn to Christ. And so, so, uh, so I had this vision a few years ago that, that really kind of sparked this idea for me. And, and, and I remember asking the Lord, like, how do we do this? You know, where do we begin? And, 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 and uh, you know, I don't get a lot of visions, uh, but I, I remember having this, 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 this dream from the Lord that, uh, that I saw this dark map of Indonesia. And, uh, and in this, uh, and then in different parts of the map, there were different lights that would light up. There were different parts, different cities that illuminated. And I felt like the Lord said, Jamie, I could send you to different cities in Indonesia and you could have an impact there. And then the map went dark again. And I saw all these, these, these black or dark arrows, these, these shaded arrows that, that came from every city, town, and village and they descended upon the city that we live in. And as they landed there, they then, they then went back to their, the arrows returned back to their cities, towns, and villages. But the arrows were no longer dark. They were now illuminated. And the whole map was set aglow. And, and I felt like the Lord said to me, Jamie, I'm going to send the, nations to, the nation to you. And as we have this brief window of time while they're at university, while they're studying away from friends, family, and neighbors, while they're studying that city, you'll have this brief window of time to reach them. And then they can bring the gospel back to their cities, their towns, and villages. And that's why we believe we are so close to seeing this Muslim nation change for Jesus. And that's what this church is a part of, all right? That, that's what, that's what, what this church is, is, is giving towards in your missions, to see nations and lives change. And so, so let me give you a little context of how we do that, all right? Because it's great to have a vision, but it's kind of nice to have a plan too, right? Um, so I remember uh, asking the Lord, you know, okay, great, this sounds great, right? Like, who doesn't want a vision from God? Uh, uh, but, but a plan is also helpful. And so I remember asking God, like, like how do we do this? Like, how do we, how do we establish something? You know, we're in a Muslim country. We can't just build a church and, and invite people to it. So how should we do it? And so after discussion and, and planning, my wife and I decided, well, let's Let's open up an English center, all right? Uh, uh, because um, I'm already fluent in English. <laughs> you know, you know I, I speak English really good. Anybody get that? No. Some of you guys are like, yeah, that boy does speak English good. All right, so, uh, so I get that. So, you know, but so that's what we do. And so what's happened over the years as we've opened this English center is hundreds of, of Muslim young people each week come through our English center joining into our Bible studies. We planted a church last year. Hundreds of young people come through uh, to learn English, but, and as they're doing that, we use the scriptures as our text, and we're seeing hundreds of young people come to know Christ because of that. So, let me say this. Make no mistake about a church on the rock. 
you're a huge part of this. <laughs> you are, you are, your financial giving, your prayers are, you're kind of like what I want to call shareholders <laughs> in what God is doing in Indonesia. Right? You know, like, so I almost feel like my responsibility this morning is this. Like, I feel like my, I, I want to kind of give you a, 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 a report on your dividends of what this church has been doing overseas that you may not even have known about. So you understand the importance of missions and the role that you are playing in that. Here's what the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians 3.6. The scriptures say this, 1 Corinthians 3.6. I planted the seeds in your heart and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow, right? That, that sometimes we plant, sometimes we water, but it's God who makes it grow, right? So every, everybody say, some plant. Everyone say, some water. Everyone say, but God makes it grow. Okay, and so that's what we're seeing there in Indonesia, that sometimes we're planting, sometimes we're watering, but it's always, always, always God who makes it grow. So, so as we arrive in Indonesia, um, we had to plant something from nothing. Now, let me say this. In Indonesia, everyone we know is Muslim. Okay, now what I mean by that is this. Everyone we know is Muslim. All right, you know the, our neighbors to the left, to the right, across the street. Everybody's Muslim, so it's really interesting. Oftentimes, we're the first Christian they have ever met, and so I can remember sitting down with one of our one of our young people. His name is Ganis, and and and, and it was near Christmas time last year. And I said, Ganis, you know, uh, we've been meeting for Bible study for a while, but but it's almost Christmas time. Can what do, I remember asking him? What do you know about the Christmas story? My Muslim friend, he pauses. He's like, you know, uh, I know that you put your socks above a fireplace. And I'm like, okay, you know, stockings, but all right, whatever. And then he goes, then he goes, and then um, Jesus' cousin Santa Claus comes and he brings some presents for you. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know? Then he goes, then he pauses and he says, he says, really, Jamie, all I've learned about Christmas, I learned from watching The Simpsons. And I was like, no. You know, like, really, that's what we're exporting overseas, you know. So, so, you know, but so that just gives you an idea of how lost or how unreached this country is. And so I can remember asking the Lord, like, how do we start something from nothing? You know, because I've always been a part of ministries. I've always been a part of, uh, of churches. So, so I've never started something from nothing. How do you start from zero? And so my wife and I, we were asking the Lord and we were saying, God, God how do we start? How do we plant a ministry? in a Muslim country. And I felt like, well, we decided, well, let's, let's start with prayer. <laughs> you know, like, that's a good place. Usually, usually that's our last resort, but we thought, let's make it our first resort instead, right? So let's start with prayer. And so we, 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 we decided to prayer walk the largest uh, university there in Indonesia, one of the Ivy League schools. And so instead of praying at our house, we thought, what if we got out there and prayed? And our, our prayer was this, God, give us one Christian student to work with. You know, give us a, a seed, somebody who can kind of show us around, kind of introduce us to, to what's happening. Give, God, give us one. And so we get on that campus and we start prayer walking that campus. And, and the first week out there, we don't meet anybody. Second week on the campus, we're prayer walking that campus. And, and we meet, lot, of course, we're meeting a lot of Muslim young people. They want us to tutor them in English, but, but no Christians. Finally, after three weeks, we meet some Christians. But none of them had any sort of desire to reach their campus. 
So we keep prayer walking. Four weeks, a month now, five weeks. Finally, after six weeks, we meet Jose. Jose was a pharmaceutical major. And he says, oh, Pastor Jamie, I've been praying that, you would, that God would send somebody to this campus to help me reach it. And I was like, Jose, where you been? Right? You know, I've been looking for you for six weeks, all right? Finally, I found you, all right? So Jose and I meet. We, we, we pray together. We have a Bible. So I share my heart with him. He shares his vision with me. And, and he says, Pastor Jamie, I have these three friends that have the same heart. Would you mentor? Would you train us how we can be campus missionaries? And I was like, Jose, like, that's what I do. Like, literally, that's what I'm paid to do, all right? So, you know, so, so I meet with these four, our, co- our core four, and, and I start to mentor, disciple them. And, and after six weeks, I was like, all right, let's see if we can do some sort of outreach. You know, we, we've, been, we've been meeting long enough. Let's do an outreach. Let's have a, a, a Bible study in English at the Dunkin' Donuts across the street from the campus. And let's invite our, our, our Muslim friends who want to discover the Jesus of the Bible. And so that, that whole week we're praying, finally that Friday comes. And, and you know, I've talked to the manager, I rented out this little back room of the Dunkin' Donuts, and, and we, it's not like in America where we could just like pass out invitations, it all had to be word of mouth. And so uh, that Friday night comes and we're, we're praying for eight. All right, that's what we're, our miracle goal is ten. You're like, okay, ten would be awesome because that's double digits, right? But eight, we'd be okay with eight. All right, so, so we're praying, well, that first night, and the Dunkin' Donuts, 28 students show up, all right? So we've got like every seat taken up. So, so we were supposed to have one small group, but we ended up having three small groups that night. You know? And so at the end of the night, I get up, I say, hey guys, we're so glad you're here. Come back next week. We're going to do this again. We're going to study the Jesus of the scriptures again next Friday night. And guess what happened? They all came back, all right? Because that next week, we had 30 students there that next week. And, uh, and none of them were buying any donuts or coffee, all right? I think it's, uh, I think it's universal, like College students are broke everywhere in the world, all right? You know, so I had to talk to the manager. I was like, don't worry, I'll buy something for everybody there, you know. So, you know, now we got 30. The next week they come back, we're at 32, up to 36. Finally, we're at 40 students. Every seat is taken up in the Dunkin' Donuts. And I have to say something no missionary or pastor should ever say, but I just didn't know what to do. I was young, I didn't know what to do. And, and so I was like, guys, you know, we're so glad you're coming. You know, people are trying to get in, but there's, you know, there's no seats left. So, so we're we're glad you're here. So, so, you know, don't invite your friends next week. You know, like what pastor says that like, like, I'm sorry, the church is full. You know, like, like there's no more room at the cross. You know, like, like what, what pastor says that, right? but I didn't know what to do, but they didn't listen. It was like week after week. They just kept coming and kept coming. So finally we had to move out of that Dunkin' Donuts and we moved into the basement of a Kentucky fried chicken. All right. So, <laughs> so man, we were kind of, we were thinking Pizza Hut was our next big move. All right. So, yeah. So, but and it was just an incredible time of growth. And then we stayed in that Kentucky Fried Chicken for three years until finally, four years ago, we were able to move into our own English center, into our own building. And now we're seeing hundreds, not just tens, but hundreds of Muslim young people coming through there every single week. You see, sometimes we plant, sometimes we water, but it's God who always, always, always brings the increase, right? So, if you were to ask my wife or I, like, what's the thing that's really, what's really changed in us as a couple of suburban kids moving to the other side of the world? You know, what, what has changed us? I think Tosh and I would both have this same response. We'd both say UPGs. Everybody say UPGs. 
Now, UPGs are not like grenade launcher. Look out. Right, no, a UPG stands for this unreached people groups. Unreached people groups. And this has moved us like nothing else. That in Indonesia alone, there are 207 unreached people groups. Meaning these are ethnic groups with 0% Christian. I mean, it's harder for me to imagine in our day and age of technology and all the resources that we have that there, that there are still 170 million Muslims in Indonesia alone that will go their whole life without seeing a church, meeting a Christian, or hearing about Jesus. I mean, that just blows me away. 207 ethnic groups where the scriptures either haven't been translated or the church of Jesus hasn't been established amongst these people. Just blows me away. Zero and are are we okay with that? <laughs> that that there are still m- countless millions that'll go their whole life without seeing a church, meeting a Christian, or hearing about Jesus. Now, there's a reason why they're unreached. They're hard to reach. <laughs> you know, like if they were easy to reach, someone would have reached them already, right? You know, like so my parents, uh, when people say, Jamie, why Indonesia? You know, my simple answer is because all the easy places were taken. <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, you know, my parents love to joke around and they'll say to me, they'll say, uh, Jamie, don't they need Jesus in like the Bahamas <laughs> or Jamaica? You know, we'd come visit you all the time then, right? But all the easy places have been taken. Now, there's two reasons why they're, they're, they're unreached. The first being is that sometimes they're just hard to get to, right? Geographically, they're difficult to get to. So last year, Tasha led our team to the, the Maluku Islands. Uh, both Ben uh, Struss and, uh, and Jeremy Skinner were on that team. And, and so what they had to do is they had to go from our city in Indonesia. They had to take an eight-hour plane ride to the Maluku Islands, to the city called Ambon. From that, they had to get on an overnight ferry to the next island of Seiram. Now, from Seiram, they got picked up in a minivan. They had to drive six hours to the interior of that island. And then from there, they had to get out of the minivan, into the back of a dump truck and go two hours up the side of the mountain, all right? To get to a village where there were no Christians, there is no church, they were the first Christians to ever engage that village, all right? So so sometimes they're hard to reach because they're simply hard to get to. You know, they're unreached because they're just hard to get to. But more often than not, they're unreached because they're resistant to the gospel. That in 2,000 years, no pastor... No missionary, no work of God has been established amongst an ethnic group there. So when I think of a, 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 like the Boogies, the Boogies ethnic, everybody say Boogies. All right, I lost some of you, I'll try to get you back. All right. The Boogies, all right. The Boogies are an ethnic group in Indonesia of six million people with zero percent. Is it six million, Tasha, or five million? I can't remember. Okay, okay, it's five or six million. A lot of people, all right? So we're not talking about, oh, let's go reach this little village. We're talking about all of South Sulawesi, 0% Christian. And it blows me away that the six million boogies will go their whole life without meeting a Christian, seeing a church, or hearing about Jesus. So let me make a little distinction between the lost and the unreached, okay? The lost and the unreached. The lost are all around us, right? Man, we've got friends. We've got family members who don't know Jesus. We've got neighbors. 
I mean, next week we have a special evangelist coming in here just for that sake because we love the lost. We love our neighbors. But, uh, but I was thinking this morning, like when I was driving here, I passed like seven churches. <laughs> so there are opportunities here in America to hear about Jesus. When I talk about the unreached, what I'm saying is there is no opportunity to hear about Jesus. There are no Christians. There are no churches. They'll go their whole life without hearing about Jesus. In church this morning, are we, are we okay with that? So the Boogies people, Tosh and I have prayed about that, and we've gone up to that part of the country and prayed, God, raise up some pastors, raise up a missionary. God, would you send us to that part of the, the country? And so, so a few weeks after that trip, uh, the Lord sends a, a young person to our ministry is by, by the name of Philo. Um, Philo uh, comes to our English center, and I, I introduce myself, and, and I say, Philo, where are you from? And he says, well, I'm from South Sulawesi. I say, Philo, uh, well, well, what's your ethnic group? And he says, well, I'm Boogies. And I go, what? I've been praying for you. No, I didn't say that he'd been like oh you're weird all right so no I wasn't gonna do that too but on the inside I was like yes I've been praying for you all right so God sends Philo a boogies young person to our English center so I invite Philo to one of our Bible studies. He never met a Christian never heard about Jesus before he comes to our Bible study and at the end of the Bible study I say Philo are you are you ready to follow Jesus with your life Philo kind of laughs he says Jamie you know I'm Muslim I can't do that Okay, no problem, Philo. Uh, will you come back next week? He says, absolutely. Philo comes back next week, and, and at the end of the Bible study, I ask him the same question. Philo, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? And he laughs again and says, Jamie, you know I'm Muslim. I can't do that. Okay, no problem. Philo starts coming week after week to Bible study. He's, he's always got like great questions, never, never confrontational but always curious. Have you ever had a Bible study with a, with a non-Christian before? Like, like they're just, they bring out questions that us Christians sometimes don't realize, you know, like the, the, the hard to answer questions. This happens. He comes to Bible study again. I ask him again at the end about, Philo, Philo, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? And he laughs, Jamie, you know I'm Muslim. I can't do that. Okay, no problem. We'll see you next week. This goes on for two years. <laughs> Every week, Philo's at Bible study. Every week, the same answer. Jamie, you know I'm Muslim. I can't do that. Well, one afternoon, uh, he and I are hanging out, and we're talking about the things of God and what God's done in my heart and my life. And I go, Philo, are you ready to follow Jesus with your life? Just kind of out of rote memory. And Philo says to me, not yet. What? <laughs> A change in his answer. The first time in over two years. Years. He says, not yet. So I text our whole team. I'm like, pray for Philo. He's got a different answer. All right? And so later that week, I don't know if we have the picture of the text message that I got. Four o'clock in the morning later that week, I'm awoken to a text message. It says, Pastor Jamie, I'm so, this is a mixture of English and Indonesian. <laughs> it says, Pastor Jamie, I'm I'm so lost. I'm such a sinner, and I feel so far from God. I know you know the way to God. Would you help me to know God like you know God? You know, and I'm like, wow, right? So, so I, I, I put the phone down and go back to sleep. No way, right? You know, like, oh, I'm going to text him right away. So I'm up. I'm texting him. I'm like, when can we meet? He comes over later that day, and, and we sit down with the scriptures, and I give him a Bible. I have my Bible, and I walk him through the Romans road. I mean, it's kind of an old school way of, of leading someone to faith, but, but I get to the Bible verse in Romans 10, 13 yes. that says, 
Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now in Indonesian, the word is barang siapa. And I say, Philo, that word barang siapa, that word anyone, does that mean only Americans? Or can an Indonesian call upon the name of the Lord? It's like, well, of course an Indonesian can. Anyone means anyone. I'm like, okay, great. And I say, Philo, that word anyone, does that mean only Christians can call upon the name of the Lord? Or can a Muslim call upon the name of the Lord and be saved? Something happened. His eyes get all red. The tears start coming down. In one of the most spiritual moments of my life, I say, Philo, are you ready to call upon the name of the Lord? With his head down, and I remember seeing a tear, a single drop fall. He says, yeah, Jamie, I'm ready to call upon the name of the Lord. And in that moment, man, we prayed together, we cried, we hugged, we laughed, we celebrated. And as, as I thought through, I thought, what if he is the one? What if he is the key to unlocking the six million boogies people? What if he's the one who's going to bring the gospel back to that part of the country where there are no churches, where there are no Christians? What if he's the key that's going to unlock the gospel to the boogies people in that part of the country, right? And so, if you wonder... If you wonder what do missionaries do, that's what we do, all right? If you've ever wondered, does my money really make a difference? Are these prayers really making a difference? That monthly check of $100 or that gift of $1,000 that you're giving towards missions, is it really making a difference? My simple answer would be, uh, yeah. (laughs) It is making a huge, huge difference in Indonesia. So a few weeks later... Philo, uh, he contacts me. He's like, hey, I've been reading the Bible, and, and it says that, that after I believe in Jesus, I should be baptized in water. And I'm like, oh, I should have thought of that, right? Uh, I'm like a pastor, right? Uh, so, so I'm like, okay, let's have a baptism thing, all right? So, uh, so he, uh, he, uh, so we, we have a meeting, and we, we call our believers together, and man, it would, and, and we filled up our water tank. We don't have a baptism. We just cut off the top of a water tank and baptize them there in the backyard, and and as he gets into the water, man, it was one of the most spiritual moments, one of the most emotional moments of my life. As he got into the waters of baptism, and I remember Tasha, my wife, standing off to my right, with tears in her eyes, she says, Philo, we've been waiting over two years for this. And as he came out of the waters of baptism, as you can see in that photo, he couldn't even stand because God had redeemed him. God, and I couldn't help but think, wow, now in Christ, new creation, that old is gone, the new has come. And so if you ever have thought, man, does missions really make a difference? Talk to that guy. Talk to Philo. Because I've got a son in the faith. You've got a brother in the faith. Because this church believes in missions. And that's what missionaries do. That's what we, sometimes we plant the seeds, sometimes we water the seeds, but it's God who always, always brings the increase. And so, so this is what you do now. This is what you do. 
You know what we do. This is what you do. Number one, you pray. Pray for your missionaries. While we're in the States, my wife and I are looking for a hundred new prayer partners. Someone who will hold us up in prayers. We work amongst Muslim young people. So, man, I'm going to ask you, if you want, you can even open up your phone. I think if you go to the next slide, there's a prayer app uh, that you can download. You can go to our table out there. But if you go to the, if you search your little, uh, your uh, app store for, if you search AGMD, all right, you can download this, this missionary app and you can choose to follow us on that app. Uh, if you don't know how to download an app, just ask an eight-year-old, right? You know, they'll be all over them. Oh, I got that for you. <laughs> there you go, all right? So, man, if you want, if you're committed, if you're a man, follow the instructions on that AGMD. It stands for Assemblies of God Missionary Directory. Man, you can follow us. And every time we post a prayer request, you get a push notification to your phone. And you can pray and partner with us and get what I want to call get involved with missions. Pray. Number two, some of you guys need to go and get involved with missions yourself. Pastor, when's this, team, when's this church sending a team out to Indonesia? You know, man, it's, it's one thing to hear some stories. It's another thing to have some stories of your own. Man, we'd love to see some of you guys come out for a week, get a team from this church, and go yourself. The third way to get involved is to give. It's to keep giving to, towards missions. You know now that it's making a huge difference in Indonesia. Because some of you, I, I understand, most of you probably in this room are probably like my mom. My mom's the first one to say, Jamie, I'm a sender, not a goer. <laughs> you know, like she's like, she's like, my mom doesn't even like to leave her subdivision, let alone go to the other side of the world. All right, that's so, so far off her radar, right? You know, like in my mom, she'll joke around, she's like, Jamie, you, you wouldn't even want me there. Like, I'm a lot of work. Right? You know? So I get that. I, I, I realize that that some of you got the heart to go, but you're like, yeah, it's not gonna happen. All right. So like most of you guys are probably like my mom. I'm a sender, not a goer. And so that's what you do with your monthly missions commitment, with your your commitment to giving towards missions and being a part of of giving. So today I want to close like this. You know what I do. You know what you do. But this isn't a sermon about Indonesia. This is a sermon for you guys, really. Because some of you have been planting the seeds of faith. And you've been watering and you're wondering, God, when are you going to bring the breakthrough in my life? So what I want to do for you this morning is I want to pray for you. Because some of you have been planting seeds. Some of you have been watering and you're wondering, God, when's the increase going to come? I'm going to invite you guys to stand with me this morning. Pastor's going to come in just a moment and close our service. But I want to flip this sermon on you and say, you know what? This isn't about Indonesia. This is what God's wanting to do in your life. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.